Hi, beautiful. This is your host, Leslie Whitehead, and I am so excited to share this bold, brave, badass, creative woman with you. I hope our conversation inspires you not to let anything get in the way of your passion projects. I promise you, we need whatever is on your heart to create for this world. Hi, beautiful. Today, my guest is Natalie Miller, a feminist mindset coach for creatives and entrepreneurs. She writes, podcasts, knits, cooks, and mothers two teen girls, two naughty dogs, and a jungle of plants. Natalie loves discovering that wisdom is equal parts knowing a lot and accepting that we know very, very little. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for being my guest on my podcast. I'm so grateful. Ah, I'm so happy to be here. And as you were introducing me, I'm so happy that you know my bad dogs and my amazing daughters. And you have, in fact, photographed me in my jungle of houseplants, which I also I have. And that was such a gift. Before we get started, though, I want to ask, how young are you? How young am I? I am 46 (laughs) years young. 46 years young. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the reason why I ask that question is because this podcast is technically me interviewing women 50 plus, but because of you, I know that um, I can break my own rules. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks to you. (laughs) So I um, did a project, which I keep talking about on here called the 55 Women Project. And that was a couple of years ago in 2021, when I was living in Denver, and I had a top five I don't know if these women are going to say yes, but they are my kind of Oprah women, my reach, my who knows? And you were one of them. Do you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. God, that's so flattering. Of course I said yes. Oh my gosh. I was thrilled to say yes. And I was so, I was giddy. I could not shut up to all my friends about it. I'm like, Natalie's going to be in my 55 women um, project. And I get to photograph her and meet her family and meet Kevin, Yes, and <laughs> her naughty dog. My naughtiest dog. Yes. Yes. Aww. And it was such a treat. And it was such a gift. And I just have to say thank you again for doing that because truly, I really appreciate it. It taught me that you need to ask. You need to ask. Yeah. Right. So I met you, Natalie, in another group that you were coaching in. That's Mm -hmm. how I um, heard about you first. And I got a girl crush on you and that's how it all started. And I was just so impressed with how and it was a it was a huge group that you were coaching how you were able to connect with that person very quickly and then also to the group as a whole because i felt like whether you were being coached or not mm. it just felt like we were supposed to be hearing whatever was being heard mm-hmm. how do you do that how does that work i don't understand yeah you know if i may be so bold i will say i do have a gift for that I believe that. I'm going to say there's kind of three components. Okay. One is that I truly do believe that what is most individual to any of us is also most universal. It's like the thing that you think no one else could possibly like has had this experience or or could could understand this difficulty like the thing that is very 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 most unique is in so many ways like it's your piece of the humanity puzzle and so when we shine light on it it is illuminated for all of us and we we all connect to it in different ways and so that's just kind of philosophical is that i believe the most individual is the most universal so that's kind of you know the foundational belief. Okay. So on top of that, I have a couple of past careers and past lives. <laughs> I've done a lot in my 46 years on the planet. And so for a little more than a decade, I was a yoga instructor. And in yoga instruction, in the kind that I did anyway, one thing that we learned to do was to use a demo to okay. illustrate something. And so okay. when, when you're a yoga teacher and you're going to use a demo, um, this would be not with my own body, but I would choose a student that I could 
teach very specifically and show other people maybe like modifications to a pose or sort of specificity, like specific alignment in a pose. And so that like choosing the person was a skill that I, that I developed there. Okay. And I would, you know, I would generally choose someone that I'm like, okay, I can see that this person is going to be able to show us all how to unlock this kind of thing. And it, it always felt a little bit risky because you're like, boy, I hope I'm right. But I was pretty much always right. <laughs> I was always right. You were. You yeah. Were. Yeah. And so then the third part, right? So there's kind of like the philosophical, the most individual is the most universal. And then there's the second part, which is like, we can use one person's example to unlock something for, for everyone. Right. The third piece is, um, I'm, an extraordinary coach. Like I really, I second that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I will say like, you know, of course, as I say that there's like a tiny part of me that is like, Bitch, no, own it, own on. it, own it. But own yeah, it. but right. So, so I'm very, very, very good at it. And I think what makes me very good at it is like, there is a way in which like I get so present with the person and with the the kind of the fuller group dynamic that I'm just, I'm able to coach in a way that does feel like it is for all of us, me included. Okay. You know, Leslie, I have a real aversion, like the, the usual way that people do group coaching is a stand in line method, right? Where it's okay. like everybody stands in line with their one problem and then it's like, okay, who's next? Who's next? Who's right, next? Right. And I just always like see it as like, no, this is a group experience and every group is full of individuals and all of these individuals are here because they connect. And so it's kind of, yeah, I think that's, that's how I learned to do it over time was just through really tapping into my own, I guess, like skills and talents, but then more than anything, truly believing that like, we're here together for a reason. We're here to learn with and from each other. Co-creating is a big mm -hmm. term you use a lot. And yes. I think of you whenever I hear that and co-creating this podcast and co-creating, you know, whatever's going on. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure, because that is something that a term I hadn't used before or really heard, frankly. Mm -hmm. So before we go into more about your coaching, I do want to back up a little bit. So you were in this group program, you left the group program, mm -hmm. and then you started, I'm sure you were coaching individually at the time, but I didn't know you. This was me from afar. And mm -hmm. then um, you started your podcast, Mind Witchery, which I immediately became addicted to. I did not miss, it comes out on Thursday morning. I did not miss it. I would take a walk and listen to you. You were in my head. Every Thursday. And it's been a beautiful experience. Even going back and listening to the previous episodes is just beautiful. And it was so helpful. And it was always very timely for me. So will you talk a little bit about how Mind Witchery came about and, and tell them a little bit about it? Yeah. So the big group that we met inside, the big group that I left, um, I didn't leave happily or willingly. Oh, okay. I didn't leave happily or willingly. And um, yeah, it was a very, oh gosh. Sometimes I think back to that time. This is like very early 2021. Right. Leslie, I don't know how any of us made it through all of that. Like, <laughs> I know. I, how I know. did we do it? I don't really know. Um, well, and can I just, I'll just insert very quickly that I never knew that. You could mm. not tell being in the group, you couldn't tell at all that that was going on. You were a, yeah. a perfect professional and you kept that to yourself. Well, thank you. So, um, <laughs> so, so basically I, I went from having what felt like three full-time jobs to um, being back on my own as a solopreneur again, very abruptly. And it's 2021. So it is like, height right. of the pandemic. I think the vaccines have like just come out, but you know, it's, we're still very locked down. Right. Um, 
but I had a partner who I met, who I'd, who had gotten together with a year previously and we lived together. And so, you know, he would, he would overhear me teaching. He would overhear me talking on the phone. He would like, um, he would just, he would hear me, um, describing things. And as he did, he was like, honey, you really should have a podcast. And it's not something that I had ever thought about. I was not one of those people that was like, you know what I'm going to, you know, what's going to unlock my marketing or whatever. Right. (laughs) Um, Also, I had been on other people's podcasts and okay. those episodes did very well. So I did have like a little, I had a little, um, you know, what do they call it? Social proof. I had a little, I had a little social proof that like, yes, right. people might like it. Um, and then I had this partner who was super, super encouraging and I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I played with the idea like what what could it possibly be and of course um in the shower I was in the shower one day and I was like you know like what I would love to do is just give people different ways of thinking about things like you know we have this one way of thinking about let's say rest or perfectionism or our inner critic or procrastination you know Mm -hmm. We have this culturally shaped way of thinking about these things. And I thought, you know, I just, I think about them so differently. I have such a different perspective. What if I kind of leaned into the countercultural, you know, live at the very edge of town witchiness that I have and call it mind witchery? And what if the episodes were spells? What if the episodes were spells where you could kind of (laughs) cast a spell in your brain and then all of a sudden think really differently about, I don't know. Capitalism. Money. Most recently. Yeah, Yeah. all the things. Yeah, all the things. (laughs) Um, so, So that's the kind of longer story about how mind witchery came about. It is truly a gift. And the one you did most recently, on it wasn't on capitalism, but it had that. Um, mm. You were talking about it. And I want to share that with my daughters. And I do share a lot of the episodes with them, but it is definitely a treat. And it's almost like being coached without the back mm. and forth, but you're hearing exactly what you need to hear from. And probably everybody who listens takes something different away. Do you find people mm. tell you that when they listen? You know, um, yes, every week I get lots and lots and lots of messages of like, do you have cameras in my house? <laughs> do you have, like, like basically like that is exactly what I needed to hear. Or how did you know or whatever? And And I will say, Leslie, like from a creative standpoint, that podcast like coaching, I just get very, very present with what I've been, where my curiosity has been led in the previous week. I I never, much to my staff's chagrin, (laughs) I never plan (laughs) episodes in advance. I really do just kind of say, you know, I just like can't stop thinking about X or Y or whatever. And then that's what I record about. And um, I think that's part of the magic of it and part of the reason that it does tap into people, you know? I mean, again, it's it feels co-created. It's like, I'm not coming up with the concepts. The concepts are coming to me and I'm I'm opening up to pull them through with my perspective. That's what it feels I like. I love that. That's exactly what it sounds like, too. It's so beautiful. And thank you. Well, the other thing, actually, Leslie, I wanted to say, because um, I think especially in this day, in this day and age, (laughs) you know, so many people, um, like you say, have their second act, their third act. Like so many, so many of us are starting anew with a career. And this is the other thing I wanted to say. I don't teach yoga anymore. I invested a lot of time and money in becoming a yoga teacher and owning a yoga studio. I, I sort of did that career for 12 years and then I I found the end of it. That that road ended for me. But 
when you listen to Mind Witchery, and maybe even actually as you're listening to me right now, you can tell that I learned how to use my voice and I learned how to hold space energetically through teaching yoga. So I am no longer a yoga teacher. However, I absolutely use certain of the skills that I cultivated in my yoga teaching in my podcasting for sure. And I like to say that because I think that, you know, sometimes we can be like giant shrug. What was that all for? Why was I a lawyer for five years? What was I thinking? And it's like, oh, no, it was always for something. Right. There was some something you were honing there. There was some skill that you were cultivating that you get to use now in this place where you're meant to be now. I love that. And that is the perfect segue into the next thing I want to talk about, which is your beautiful um, Sunday newsletter. It's not called a newsletter, though. You call it a I call it the Sunday letter. letter. I call it just the Sunday letter. Yeah. Okay. I call it the Sunday letter, Leslie, so that my ass will send it out on Sunday. (laughs) I will tell you that. Brilliant. (laughs) Because I need that little, I need that little bit of accountability to actually write the damn thing. (laughs) And do you feel it's the same? It's very organic and you come up with it when you sit down to write? Absolutely. I sit down on Sunday morning with a cup of coffee. And sometimes I start thinking about it on Saturday night or Saturday, you know, I start thinking like, hmm, what's, what is it lately that's coming through? And then I sit and I, I write it right there. My, my amazing um, assistant who I could not live without, um, Sammy, (laughs) she has it all set up for me. So I just have to go in there and, and type whatever the letter is, whatever the message coming through is. But yeah, that's how that works. So what I was saying about segue into that was because in your in a previous life, you were an English, not just major, but you were going for your PhD. Mm-hmm. And um, so this writing, does that feel like an extension of that experience as well? Oh, my gosh. Do you know I had to recover and rehabilitate my ability to write, Leslie? Yeah, well, you've I, done it. <laughs> Thank tenfold. you. Well, you know, because I went, I went to graduate school. Um, I was very fortunate to be accepted into a very prestigious program with a stipend, like the whole thing. And I was convinced I wanted to be a professor. I was like, right. "Oh hell yeah, that's going to be the life for me." <laughs> When I was in liberal arts school, the professors' lives looked amazing. I was like, that's what I, I want to I want sure. to talk to young people <laughs> about books all day. But in this program, the it's not even focus. Like the only thing we were learning to do was to be literary critics. And I an emphasis on the critic. Like we were learning to dissect and dismantle other people's work. Okay. And I did get to be a TA, which I loved. I got to work in the writing center, which I loved. I got to teach expository writing, which I loved. But the creating scholarship and being a learning how to sharpen my knives to be in the community of like slashers, of slashers, Um, that, that was excruciating to me. So I left graduate school with my master's degree and three dissertation chapters left to write. I just, I left and um, yes, I just turned and walked away from it. And Leslie, I couldn't write for years, for years, because every time I wrote, you know, what, basically what we would do, we would write something and we would go to seminar and then all of us would get out our knives and we would tear it apart and I, I didn't find it fun anymore. I didn't have any confidence anymore. One of my, my advisor, actually, she said, Natalie, the trouble is neither your ideas nor your way of expressing them is particularly sophisticated. <laughs> oh, my God. What a bitch. <laughs> I mean, listen, she was a badass. Like, she was like a full badass and, and you know, was trying to 
in some way, in her way, inspire me to harden myself and sharpen myself. But I, I was just like, wow. So, so yeah, so I really had to. It's like going to rehab. And it took a lot of time to like recover because I would sit with a blank screen. I had, I had had in graduate school panic attacks trying to write like, like legitimate you know, shaking on the floor, panic attacks, um, before I went on the Lexapro. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> then Lexapro got me through the next several years, but Shout yeah. Out. So, so part of actually, you know, part of showing up to write my Sunday letter in the very beginning was reclaiming that capacity. I'm sure for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're doing a beautiful job and I love it. I look forward to it every Sunday. And I love that it's organically created, just like the podcast. Yeah. So the next thing that I want to talk about is, so you were in this group, you did Mind Witchery, Mm -hmm. I photographed you, and then I got um, an email that you were doing a retreat Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Taos. And I just was like, I don't know what I have to sell, give blood, give away, but I have to go on this retreat. (laughs) Yes. And and I don't care what I have to do. (laughs) We made that shit happen. And it was amazing. I loved having you there. God, I loved being there. It was such a beautiful experience. Will you describe to everyone what it's like? And then I will also add my description. Well, I was going to say, I feel like you (laughs) should describe what it's like because I mean, yeah. How did you, how would you describe it? If people ask you about it, how do you describe it? Well, the word that comes to mind is magical, first Mm -hmm. of all, because it is a magical place. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is the thing that you talk about a lot, which is spaciousness, because unlike another, you know, conference or whatever I've been to where it's like you have this at nine, this at 10, this at 11, you don't miss this at 12. You know, it's we are offering these opportunities for you. You may join us or you may stay in your room or you may Mm -hmm. go for a walk or you may uh, read a book or walk the labyrinth or whatever. So there was spaciousness yeah. within the whole week of, and also space in between the activities that were being presented. So that really felt good because I had never experienced that before mm. going to any kind of conference or retreat or anything. So that mm. was beautiful. The women were <laughs> just I, I don't, how do I describe them? Fire. I mean, they were all just amazing in their own right and so um, unique and creative. And they all brought a different energy and somehow it all works together. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we were doing was we would do um, uh, some coaching sessions in between other activities. And so again, someone be, would be coached or questions would be asked and some, and you would say, you know, do you want to talk about that or however it was worded, but whatever was being um, talked about really resonated for me at least. And Mm. I I know for the other women. And then the other thing was I'd never had a reading before and Mm. um, I was definitely open to it, but we had a reading done by Michael. He's, he's, I will say he's Michael Francis Lott. That's his, (laughs) that's his name. Yeah. He does intuitive, intuitive readings. Yes. I had never done that before. And so it was uh, quite an amazing experience. And then interestingly, uh, one of the activities that you could go on was the hot air balloon Mm -hmm. and um, ride. And I had done it before. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do that this for this trip, I'm going to do something else. But then when it got a little closer, um, Sammy had reached out and I said, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to go. And that, that in itself was such a gift Mm. flying over Taos in a hot air balloon with all these amazing women. And um, I can't remember the gentleman's name who was our captain, but he had this handlebar mustache. He was quite a character in itself. So he added to the whole. Yeah. Yeah. And and everybody has a huge crush on Saul. That's basically how that goes. (laughs) We did. And we'll never fly with anybody else. It was absolutely beautiful. And then of course we also had, there was a day at the spa and that was gorgeous. And Mm. all the food is made right there at Mabel's house, correct? Yeah, Mabel's house. Yeah, at the Mabel Dodge Lujan house. 
Yes. And, and just the history of that house and all of the artists and creatives who had come before mm. that energy feels like it's there. Yeah. So it was just life-changing. And then also Mo King Mo took photographs of us. And because I'm a photographer, I don't get to be on the other end mm -hmm. very often, but there was such a beauty in being able to be on the other side and have beautiful pictures, photos taken of me, as well as um, Terry did all our makeup. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, that was wonderful too. So it was one great experience after another, but also that spaciousness of just, you know, having peace and a place to just be, frankly. Yeah. So I, I love that you loved it. And um, <laughs> it's funny, as you were talking about it, I could, I just get this slideshow and I can, it's like a, a smell-o-vision sort of slideshow right. where I can feel all those right. different moments. Yeah. So I started offering retreats back when I was a yoga teacher. Um, I would do these little weekend retreats. Okay. I've probably hosted somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 at this point. Like wow. I've done a lot of retreats. Um, I love them. I think I love them um, partly because for me, and I, I bet you agree with this, Leslie, there is nothing quite like travel to remind you how big the world is, Yes, how big you are, who you really are. Like there's something about being taken out of your kind of day-to-day -day environment and being in a different place with different surroundings that is just like, oh, did you forget? It's like all the time I say, did you forget that we are on this floating ball of rock and water orbiting a star? Because I think you need to remember that and like right. stop thinking about whatever bullshit is occupying your mind and just like, you know. So I love right. retreats for that. I also, as a participant in retreats, Especially being a person who has an extraordinarily full life, right? I have my business, my clients, my podcast, my children, my dogs, my home, you know, my community. Right. I've got I've got a lot going on. When I would go to a retreat and the retreat would be like 10 a.m., 11:30, break for lunch, 1:15, I it was like it was so much. And I, I like a lot of alone time also. Um, so I do, I learned very, very quickly that my retreats were most successful when I had ample time built in, like you said, to maybe you need a nap. Maybe right. you want to go browse the cute little boutiques in town and spend way too much money. Maybe you wanna, <laughs> maybe you met someone on the retreat and you two hit it off and you just want to sit on the patio and talk about life, you know? Right. I, I right. love to build in all the space for that. Um, and I also love to curate extraordinary experiences. So can I actually, can I tell you what's happening in the next Luminous yes, and please. You oh might, you might gosh. have to come again. You might have to come again, <laughs> Leslie. So, um, so this year in 2024, I'm collaborating, co-creating with an artist. Her name is Ashley Tribue. Okay. And Ashley has something called the Take Your Body Back Project where she sketches people. She sketches them from nude or close to nude photographs. So she's an artist and you get to have yourself. It's like, you know, boudoir photography, but it's boudoir right. portraiture, basically. Okay. So the next Luminous is a take your body back edition, and it's going <gasps> to be very body positivity focused, body celebration focused. And instead of a photo shoot, which is what we what we've done for the last couple of years, you're going to get drawn like a French girl. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That is exciting. I'm going to look her up right away. Yeah. And it, you know, it feels like it also goes with the place because like you said, Mabel's house is extraordinary because in the early 20th century, there was this whole group of artists who didn't want to be 
copiers of European tradition. They wanted to make, you know, like art of the United States, or they would call it American art. And, you know, both problematically and sort of commonsensically, they looked to the West and they looked to Native cultures and they looked to what was sort of originally here and tried to tap into that spirit. Now, of course, they did some appropriation as they did, but I think the sense really was like... um, there is already art of this continent and we want to be we want to be a part of it so at mabel's house because mabel was a mabel was a new york socialite but at mabel's house she had georgia o'keefe there and she had ansel adams there and she had writers there she had dh lawrence there she had willa cather there she had carl right. jung went there like they would go out you know into the middle of the high desert in New Mexico, in the mountainous desert of New Mexico, and basically like lived in this commune-ish way right. with Mabel and her her native husband, Tony Lujan. So yeah, when we go, like you you can stay in the room that Willa Cather stayed in. It's very fun. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. It's funny because the other thing that it felt like was it actually felt like we were coming to your house and Mm. you were um, hosting us all there because I I don't know how to explain it, but Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like it was somebody else's place. First of all, we were the only ones there. We don't share Mm -hmm. the space with anyone else. So that is key. And then um, I don't know. It just, it felt like we were going to Natalie's house and we all had our own beautiful rooms. And (laughs) well, you know, like what's, what's interesting, I think is that, um, I'm from New Mexico. I'm not from Taos, but I am from New Mexico. And it was in, it was in 2016. I had this very strong feeling. I was meant to do a retreat in New Mexico and I, my dad was was still living in New Mexico at that time. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, dad, you want to come drive me around northern New Mexico to look at retreat centers? Um, <laughs> and he did. And when I came to Mabel's house, and this is a I won't go into the long, very magical story about it all. Basically, I I almost didn't go there, but I, I did end up going when I walked in, Leslie, my my eyes actually filled with tears. I was overcome with the feel of that place. And I did feel like it was kind of part of my home. And so since then, since since 2017, except in high pandemic times, I've gone every year. I go every year, sometimes more than once. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Too. Me too. Yeah. I, and And you also don't, the group is not large. So it's not, you know, you're not there with 40 people. It's a small, intimate group. And so it's easy to connect and be a part of that. And also that's a little bit maybe also why it feels like Mm. you're the host hosting in your home. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like a retreat in that, you know, or conference or whatever Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. I like for the group to be big enough that there will be different people, right? So big enough that like some of us have kids and some of us don't have kids and, you know, some of us are partnered and some of us aren't partnered. And, you know, I, I like, I like for there to be diversity that way, but there's always just a deep soul resonance among the people like the people are not the same but they are like like spirited or like hearted or something and so real bonds forge actually now I I like people to have single rooms but once upon a time people would room together and I know two sets of roommates from Taos who became like besties and they are still best friends yeah (laughs) well I definitely keep in touch with everyone definitely because it's a beautiful group and as you were talking about that what vision came to me was a moth to a flame Mm. that you're the flame, you're the light. And so it doesn't surprise me that that happens very organically because the people that are interested, that want to hear from you, that you are surrounded by Mm. are like-minded, even if they're not similar in their life. Mm. 
yeah. you know, how they live or who they are. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And the other opportunity that I've had to work with you is with your um, coaching group that you created called Crucible, which was so much fun. It was a seven-week coaching group that would meet. And I don't want to say the goal because I don't think that was really the point, but it was, Mm -hmm. do you have a project or something that you are trying to birth, get done? This is your opportunity. We're going to support you in that. And so... It's funny because when I joined the group, it was last fall, and I thought that what I was launching at the time was my podcast. But actually, what I was launching and what I completed in that time was my 55 Women Project launch party for the book that I'm going to be presenting. So it was really funny because I went in with this one idea, which of course, I did launch the podcast, but I didn't realize until I was in it Mm. that I needed to get that launch party done before this could happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you've seen that over and over. Can you describe a little bit about the group and what you saw? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, what, (laughs) what Crucible is about is sort of saying, I know you have this idea and you've been hesitating bringing it to life. And I think a lot of coaching, frankly, is about what's your goal and how do you accomplish it, right? Right, right. It's like, okay, what's the goal? Let's work backwards from the goal. Let's find milestones. Let's, and I just, that shit has never worked for me. I think, especially, and I wonder if you agree with this, I think, especially for creatives, like, we're just not that linear, actually. No. We're just not that linear. We're very sensitive. And for me, you know, there's so many ideas in here. Like like you, right? You're like, I want to do a podcast, but first I got to get this book launched, right? <laughs> so really, really what Crucible is about is like, yes, there's a project that I'm hoping to help you take action on. And I'm hoping to help you take action on an idea. Right. But it's less about the idea and so much more about you. Who are you? What holds you back? What do you need to support you? What are the mindset blocks, the doubts, the fears, the imposter bullshit? Like what, what is in the way? What is between you and this idea coming into the world? And, you know, When the focus is on you, when it's on the creator rather than the idea, then whatever is kind of meant to be created, whatever is best aligned, that's what ends up coming out of it. And so what I hope is that people leave not like... I accomplished my goal, right? <laughs> like, uh, and it's cool if you accomplish your goal, but but more than that, it's like, oh, I have so much more respect for my creative process and I know how to work with it. Or, right. gosh, I have been asking myself to create while I'm surviving on crumbs of inspiration. I have learned how to how to have big ass chunks of bread of inspiration rather than crumbs, you know? So that's really what I'm hoping is that, you know, your, your relationship to your creativity is what changes and evolves. And then of course, because (laughs) that's how it works, people do leave and they create their new offers. They create their podcasts. I think. Write the um, book. Yeah. They write the book. They, they do the thing. Definitely. Well, I saw that over and over again. One of the things that you focused on and also in in another group I'm going to talk about is treats. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about treats and and what treats are? Mm -hmm. So most people would think, well, a treat is something you receive after you've done whatever the job was that you needed to do. Mm -hmm. And what you are talking about is no, you can't do the thing until you fuel yourself in the ways that you need to, whether it's through something physical, something that you need to eat, some sleep, a nap. Um, It could also be something like 
racing a race car like we've just yeah. heard from <laughs> yes. one of the members. So yeah. um, talk a little bit about treats, mm-hmm. please. So this is a concept that I was first introduced to by Gretchen Rubin, actually. Gretchen Rubin in her book, you know, she's the Happiness Project for Tendencies Lady. She yes. has a book about habit making called Better Than Before. She talks about treats there. And I took her idea and I I ran with it and I exploded it because I found it so useful for me. So I think, you know, not only do people think of treats as like rewards, people also think of treats as a bonus or an extra. Oh, that's not necessary. That's just a treat. Right. And to me, like my definition of a treat is anything that wakes you up to life, anything that connects you with the abundance and wonder of this life. And so there's one woman who's like, oh, I want to lie in the grass. And I'm like, oh, God, I would never lie in the grass. <laughs> right. That's not that's not for me. Right. So so treats are very, very individual is what I'm saying. She wants to lie in the grass. Other people want to go for a hike. Other people want to rest in a luxury hotel room. Other people want to have sex. Other people want to read a novel. You know, for me, a huge treat is going to the public library and just browsing. I like to browse the new books. I like to browse (laughs) the cookbooks. Um, I like to browse uh, the graphic novels for my daughters. Um, That's a huge treat for me because when I do that, I just, I can't believe how creative people are, how prolific. I can't believe that together, especially at a time when we are just getting so much wrong, we still do this thing together where we fund public libraries. And I just find that amazing. And so, you know, when I go to a library, I am opening up to and connecting with so much that is good. The more I do that, the more connected I am, the easier it is to be in that state of abundant co-creation. Right. If I'm skimping and saving and withdrawing from the world, if I'm trying to do what they tell you to do, buckle down nose to the grindstone, Mm -hmm. eyes on the prize. For me, all of that, like as I say those phrases, Leslie, I just think of this like narrowing, 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 narrowing. And for me, treats are this expansive. It's like, oh my gosh, look, like (laughs) I'm just surrounded by miracle. And for me, that's the place where all the good work happens. From that place where you're just like saturated in that connection. It reminds me of Julia Cameron's advice in her book, which is um, take yourself on a date every week, Mm -hmm. a two hour date by yourself for inspiration. And it could be a walk in the woods or whatever, but the treat idea reminds me of that, but Mm -hmm. in a bigger, broader way. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, the other thing I love about treats as a coach is that as you treat yourself, you will excavate every limiting belief. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Every self-worth issue, every bit of social conditioning that is trying to keep you small and settling, you will encounter it. And, you know, I remember once upon a time, a a treat for me was knitting in the middle of the day, like sitting with a sitting with a knitting project and knitting just like 2.30 p.m. That felt like a real treat to allow myself to do that. Now a treat is like, could I do two weeks in Maine this summer? Instead of just right. one week. Ooh, two weeks. That would be a treat. <laughs> so I've really worked my way up. As I work my way up, I come face to face with whatever limiting belief that says, you know, that's too much. 
that's indulgent, that's selfish, etc. So I love treats for just helping us to really grapple with and work through some of that societal conditioning that keeps us so, so small and hungry. Well, you've created a treat for us, which is Time Witchery Planner, which is a huge treat. And when I joined Crucible, I got a copy of it and um, I'm addicted to it. I go to it every day and um, I love it. (laughs) So it's almost like a mini coaching session with Natalie. That's what it feels like because it talks about vibes and values and then um, beliefs and um, fuel and what you have today Mm -hmm. and then what you're letting go of Mm -hmm. the most important thing and appreciation. So Mm -hmm. that's a very brief description of it, but I would love to hear you talk about time witchery and how it came about. Oh yeah. About, yeah. So, so time witchery, there's a lot of witchery around here. Um, so, so, and P.S. Leslie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a tour of Natalie's offers. This <laughs> like, wow, thank you. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, so I, discovered in, mm, I don't know, somewhere in the, in the 2010s, um, I discovered a planner that Danielle Laporte had created. Did you ever know this, the design yes. map planner? Oh, I had it. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So she doesn't make it anymore. Um, and I don't know why, but the desire map planner was a very different kind of planner because it was actually not all about like what you were going to do that day. Right. It had other prompts or it had other, it wasn't just about what you were going to do. And so I loved those planners and, and realized that when I expanded my daily focus from my to-do list into these other areas, I just was so much more prolific and so much more um, connected again, so much more effective. Like I just took more action and um, I grew. That's really what it is. I grew. Yes. So she wasn't making them anymore. I have a client that I had turned on to that planner that was like, well, you need to do it. And I was like, oh, I don't create know. the thing you want to see in the world. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm waiting. So you just let me know when it's available. And so, um, so I did decide to make it and to design it. And yeah, I like to call it an anti-planner because yes. it, it is, it is not actually so much about planning as it is about being and flowing. It's like a, it's a flower. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> it, 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 it asks you like, it, it, it asks you to be really present with yourself and with your day and what's happening. Um, it builds in this idea that we need fuel, that we can't just expect ourselves to keep doing and accomplishing without receiving any, any fuel or any treats, any pleasure, so yeah, right. I like to say it's for your human being, not your human doing. I love that. Of course, I will say, Leslie, I love <laughs> I love time witchery. I also version two already lives in my head. So I'm like, okay, what I <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Of course. I'm like, oh, you know what else would be great? Or you know what I want to do instead? So do you do that when you look back at your work sometimes? Do you want to like do over or do differently? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The projects that I've created. Yes. I've thought, Mm -hmm. oh, I, yeah, but then that'll be the 2.0. And I I was talking to my last guest about that. You know, how many versions of the iPhone do we have? Mm -hmm. Nothing is perfect right out, right? Mm -hmm. We have to release it into the world to figure out where it needs to go next. Yeah. Yeah. And that does circle back to that idea of co-creation also, right? It's like, well, when I made Time Witchery, I was co-creating in one particular moment with certain influences. And now I'm in a different moment and I have different inspirations and I have different influences and different things that are working for me. And 
So it, it will evolve. But for, <laughs> for now, there are plenty of time witcheries to go around. So <laughs> Good, good, good. When And then when you receive a time witchery, there's also additionally, I think you put together a video series, right? It's an audio course. Audio. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So not only do you get the time witchery planner, right. but you also get you explaining different ways to use it because there is no one right way. For instance, the calendar doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a calendar of days, right? Right. Yeah. Because I wanted there to be a lot of space in time witchery for creativity. Like I definitely, I I appreciate the bullet journalers out there. I could never, I could never. I tried. I I, tried. I I, failed. I also tried. I like, it's, it's like Natalie needs something, some kind of structure. Put me in some kind of room, please. (laughs) Don't, don't leave me in a void. Um, of dots. Right. <laughs> Don't leave me in a void of dots. <laughs> but I wanted it to be somewhat flexible. And, you know, the audio course, Leslie, is also about, it is deeply countercultural, this anti-planner. Right. And so, unfortunately, I need to explain what fuel is, like what I mean by that. And like, I need to talk about what does it look like to really think about your values and your vibes and why is that important and how do you even come up with that? So yeah, the audio course is there to support because it is, it's a very different way of approaching the beginning of your day, for sure. And what I meant when I said calendar was actually the monthly calendar, because there are individual days, of course, for Mm -hmm. those things that I mentioned. But then there's the monthly calendar, which you had other suggestions for, right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's all kinds of different things you could do with it. Some people love to see their month at a glance. I'm not one of those people. I'm barely seeing this afternoon at a glance. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) hyper-present. But you know what's been wonderful is the way that you think and the way your brain works has been great for me because it's made me look at, change my perspective and look at things differently as well. And Mm. I really appreciate that so Mm. much. Mm. Yeah. All right. I do want to talk about uh, main character magic because we're wrapping that up this week. Yeah. What's interesting about you is your coaching There's no, it's not like you go to your website and there's a list of your coaching opportunities. They're very, just like you, very organic. And you'll Mm -hmm. say, I've come up with Cauldron Mm -hmm. and Cauldron is here for this Mm -hmm. and Crucible is here for this, but it's, it's very organic and I love that. And so you came up with main character magic for the Mm -hmm. last couple of months of the year. And I really enjoyed it. It's been a big group, probably the biggest group I've been in so far with you. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of people in there. And, And it's so interesting, right, Leslie, because I think, you know, anyone who's listening who has a business or an online business, like what we're taught is you have to figure out your offer and then iterate on your offer and right. perfect your offer and keep enrolling people in your offer. And listen, I, I tried. It just doesn't work for me. I envision you saying to um, Sammy and the group, okay, uh, I've come up with this this idea. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to create it, right? Like, I don't yeah. feel like this is like pre-planned on September 10th. We know we're going to Oh, do yeah. This. No, never, never. In fact, every <laughs> business coach who has tried to get me to think about Q anything, <laughs> Q1, Q2, like I just, I, I can't. And- This is something that I'm still coming to really honor about and accept in myself. I am a very present moment being. That's where my inspiration is. You know, if we kind of circle back to where you were talking about my coaching, like, how do you do that? I'm just completely here. When I'm talking to a client, I am with them 100%, like here. I'm not going forward to any like, objective or goal. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, let's just be fully here with you. So I have to be fully here with myself too. And yeah, main character magic, it was something that I was like noticing, I was feeling into. It's something that I was working with myself. That's also a key for me when I'm working with it myself, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty magical. And so, yeah, on a total whim, I was like, I had (laughs) actually, I had one client, I think a crucible, a round of crucible was ending. And I had one client who was like, oh, 
I don't want to stop meeting. What's next? And I was like, I think we all said that, actually. (laughs) I think we all said that. That wasn't just one person. Yeah. Well, and and so I was kind of like, shrug, I don't really have a plan. And I, I don't, well... I'll do main character magic. And, you know, and I I said to myself, you know, as long as I have like six people, it'll be fine. (laughs) And it's, it's enormous. Yeah. It really, um, it did well. But, you know, I want to say that, especially for your, your, your entrepreneurial listeners out there, Leslie, because it's like the best way is actually the way that works for you. Someone else does not know the best way to do this. You know, the best way to do this. It's the way that goes with your own energy and inspiration and the way that you create and the way that feels good to you. That is the best way. I promise. And that's what you are beautiful at pulling out of people and getting them to recognize and helping them see. Mm. That's what's so beautiful about your gift is that through your podcast, through your letter, through coaching, through your retreats, mm. through your free offers like unhexing procrastination, all those things you are gifting that and we re- we all really appreciate it. Mm. Thank you so <laughs> much, Leslie. I really, I feel that. Thank you. Good, good. I'm so glad. Well, I have to ask, is there anything else that I missed that you would like to discuss? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. You, I, I loved I loved getting to reflect on all of these different, um, different aspects of my work, Leslie. Like, thank you so much for asking about them. It's interesting, you know, when you're in your life, you're just in your life. Right. And so when you take these steps back, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, this... <laughs> This is a whole thing, isn't it? (laughs) I am Oprah-like. I am (laughs) Oprah-like. Own that. (laughs) All right. I'm going to work on it. (laughs) Okay. The other thing I have to ask is, what would people be surprised to know about you? Mm. What would people be surprised to know about me? Gosh, Leslie, I am such an open book. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I'm weird. I'm a weird open book. So you're not weird, but you're definitely an open book. (laughs) What would people be surprised to know about me? I think the thing I'm going to say is, well, I don't know. It's the only thing that comes to mind. A lot of times when I talk with people, especially people who've kind of been like following my work for a while, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wise, grounded <laughs> being, you know, I overheard someone at a retreat once being like, I really thought she'd be taller. <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> So I don't and know. have a halo. I don't. Like, I don't. I mean, and you know, on the one part, like I do want to celebrate. Like, yeah, I actually like. I have been brave enough to do what I really want to do in this world, and that is the secret. In in my opinion, right. do what you really want to do. That's the secret to success. And so, you know, in a way, I feel like, yeah, like I I, I can acknowledge that I have found it. And at the same time, I think the thing that people might be surprised to know is like I am fully still a middle-aged white woman living in the United States. I have my insecurities that I'm still working with. I get really annoyed in parking lots. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like I, like I'm, I'm human. I'm so human. Like I'm really right there. I'm really right there in it. And I don't know. I don't know how that sounds to come across, but I think, you know, like does mindset work and coaching and mind witchery, does it work? Yes, it totally does work, but I still live on planet earth. I'm still a human on planet earth. So I get tripped up all the time. I spend all kinds of money on LED devices for my aging skin. I don't know, right? I'm a real, I'm a real ass, I'm a real ass person over here. (laughs) And we all appreciate it. 
All right, Natalie, I am so grateful that you were here and my guest um, in this new year, because actually this will be um, the first podcast for 2024. So oh I'm really gosh. excited about that. I love it. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy do, New Year. Do whatever you want this year. The best way to spend this year is doing what you want. Follow Leslie's oh, lead. I love that. Follow Leslie's lead. She's doing it. She's doing it. We're doing it. Come do it with us. We are. We're doing it. Absolutely. All right. How can any everybody find you? That's the, the, mm. the most important thing. Where do they find you? Yeah. Well, Mind Witchery is my podcast. You can find that wherever you found this one. And if you'd like the Sunday letter, you can get the Sunday letter at my website, which is nataliekmiller.com. Wonderful. Natalie, thank you so much. I am so, so grateful for you and for all this time you've given us. It's been such a treat. It's been a treat. It's been a treat for (laughs) me too. It's been a treat for me too. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found this episode inspiring as well as entertaining. If you want more out-of-the-box wisdom from boots-on-the-ground creative brave women like this one, subscribe to Her Story So Far podcast wherever you listen, and please share this link with anyone who needs some inspiration. To receive more wisdom in your inbox, sign up for my weekly letter at lesliewhiteheadphotography.com. Her Story So Far podcast is produced in conjunction with mad-talented executive producer, K.O. Myers at Particulate Media. Thank you to all my beautiful, bold guests. Without them, there would be no show. Until next time, get out there and make yourself visible to the world. We need you and your creation. If no one has told you today, you are beautiful. So, um, I <laughs> just went blank. <laughs> Thank God Ko's going to be <laughs> fixing this Thank you, for honey. Us. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good man. <laughs>